0: Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Evan Brand. I'm board certified in holistic nutrition and a functional nutritional therapy practitioner. I've taken extensive training to learn how to use food as medicine, how to optimize your diet to reduce your food sensitivities, help with histamine intolerance, anxiety, depression, joint problems, autoimmune diseases like Hashimoto's, infertility, and many other conditions in children. And I run an online functional medicine practice at my site, evanbrand.com, where I help people literally around the world. So, for example, I could have a call in Australia, followed by one in South Africa, followed by one in Saudi Arabia, followed by some in Canada, and, of course, the United States. And it's a real honor to be able to help so many people that simply can't find the answers they're looking for to resolve their chronic health issues After consulting 10, 20, 30 doctors, they still don't have even what I consider basic functional medicine testing, like organic acids. So, my goal is to educate you on these labs, how you can run these. And then, if you want to learn more about how to read labs and how to make your own protocol so that you can control your own health and change your destiny, improve the lives of others, if you decide you want to go into clinical practice or health coaching, all of that can be achieved with my online. Programs and I have Better Belly, which now the National Association of Nutrition Professionals reached out to us and they said that now that course will be eligible. So if you already have a nutrition credential, you'll now be able to take our course for continuing education credit. So that's pretty neat. But more importantly, I'm updating courses as I learn more, as I see more cases in the clinic, I update my courses so that you have access to the latest protocols, what works, what doesn't work, and how to save time and money in resolving your health issues, whether that's parasites or bacterial overgrowth problems, hair loss issues, fatigue, you can resolve so much of that by what I teach you in these courses. So I encourage you to check it out. Better Belly is the flagship We also have Sick Building Solutions. That is my healthy home course where I teach you how to heal the toxicity that may be in your home and how that could be affecting your health. And then very, very soon, we're talking literally within the next couple of weeks, Long Haul Warriors, that'll be my fifth program we'll be launching. Long Haul Warriors is an online program designed to help you resolve long haul COVID symptoms. This could be issues with hair loss, fatigue, taste and smell problems, shortness of breath, lung, liver, kidney, gastrointestinal, sleep, mood, brain fog, dizziness, cognitive problems, heart problems, you name it. I've been literally in the trenches every second possible outside of clinic and parenting and being a husband and running a podcast and all of that. I'm diving into the research, and I share so much of that in Long Haul Warriors. So this program is designed to help you overcome the lasting symptoms that you may have from either the infection, the injection, or both. I've interviewed Dr. Pierre Corey, who I just adore for his work when it comes to long COVID, and so there'll be an exclusive interview with him where we actually review some of his protocols and that's all gonna be inside Long Haul Warriors. So if you want to learn more, get on the wait list, get notified when this course enrolls, we're gonna be doing a ridiculous low enrollment fee right out of the gate as kind of an early bird special. I wanna get as many of you all in there as possible. You or your loved one has probably been affected by this. This is I literally put my other projects on hold to divert all my energy into this Long Haul Warriors program. So we'll put a link in the show notes right there if you would like to sign up for notifications of enrollment. I can't wait to have you all and get some feedback on how these protocols are going to help you. We've already seen so much success at the clinic working one-on-one with people, so it's time to bring this to a greater audience. Now, we're going to jump into a podcast now with my friend Dr. J, Dr. Justin Marcajani. He's a chiropractor who went into functional medicine over a decade ago. We've done so many episodes together over the years, and we continue to be Partners, not financial partners, but we're partners in health. We help each other. We help clinically with each other's issues, and it's just a great relationship. So this talk is about mold, how that affects specifically gut, and then how that relates to the brain. And I know many of you are like, God, this dude, all he talks about is mold. Now, I had an email like that the other day. Why why is mold the only thing you talk about? And the answer is because it affects everything. And the further I dive into hormone issues and brain issues and gut issues, I find that, These mycotoxins have their sneaky little claws in all of the body systems that dysfunction. So, this truly is an important piece of the puzzle that affects so many, especially because a lot of us are in homes that have had water damage and homes that simply are not safe for us to be breathing. That's affecting the immune system, which affects everything else. So, without further ado, let's get into the show. And if you need help clinically one on one, evanbrand.com has all the information, including the ability to book a 15 minute free call with me so I can can listen to your symptoms and see if I can help.
1: Hey guys, Dr. Justin Marcajani here with Evan Brand. Evan,
0: happy new year, my friend. How you doing? Hey man, happy new year. Uh, I'm getting like sunbathing through the window right now. So I'm pretty happy that the blue sky is starting off the new year here. And you know, there's a lot of people this time of year that they might feel resentment or frustration or depression or anxiety, you know, just clinically talking with people. I know the holidays bring up a lot of weird emotions for people. Maybe there's like family connections that are screwed up or maybe there's a financial issue or some other relationship issue or a job stress that's happening. And people kind of come into the new year feeling not fully prepared. And so I'm hoping that the information we could provide people today can give them a path forward and how they could potentially investigate their health to start the new year by investigating some of these root causes. We can improve double, triple, quadruple your productivity, which is going to set you up for a good year.
1: I totally agree. Well, we chatted before here, we're going to talk about the mold gut brain connection. This is a powerful, powerful connection because we see people with mold issues have chronic mood focus issues. Uh, You may also see a lot of gut issues as well, where your gut almost becomes a mold factory as well. Talk a little bit more about how your gut can colonize mold and
0: become a mold factory. Yeah. So, I mean, there's kind of two different stories that can happen. So, someone could have an exposure from a dorm in college 20 years ago, and maybe you just genetically don't detox these mycotoxins very well. And so, you've stored those in your body. This can accumulate in the brain and the organs and the fat tissue, which can affect your kidneys. You could be up in the middle of the night to go pee. You could have chronic anxiety, depression. You could have issues with exercise intolerance. Now, if you've had a weakened immune system, or the exposure was large enough or long enough, then you can actually start to grow it. So you can be a storage facility, or you can be a factory, or you can be both. And just using an at-home urine sample on the organic acids, we can measure this colonization. And this is a very common problem. I've seen it in kids that are 3 years old. I've got some case studies. Where we've seen the oat markers, page one, all these yeast and fungal markers completely off the chart. In a child that was living in a home where the tree roots had busted through the foundation, and every time it rained, the basement leaked. And this is not a rare problem. So I know sometimes when you and I talk about these things, many people may blow things off and just move on with their life. But what I'm telling you is decades ago, exposure that you've had could still be affecting you today.
1: Yeah. And on an oat test, right, we have a couple of markers that are yeast-based markers, like the arabinose marker, the tricarbolic marker, or the carboxy citric marker. These are going to be more kind of candida yeast markers. And again, we have yeast, and then we have candida as a subsection of yeast under that umbrella, but so is mold, okay? And so mold kind of could be still in that yeast category. The big ones when we look at colonized mold, if you're looking at one of the oat tests, like the one by Mosaic, we're looking at the the ones that have the aspergillus or fusarium in, in parentheses, those are going to be the big ones. The, the 5-hydroxy, methyl-2-feroic, the ferrin-2-5-dicarboxylic, the ferrin-carbonylglycine, the tartaric acid, and the tricarbolic. You know, these are your, your big jeopardy words, but these are going to be your colonized mold markers. So what's happening here, Evan, is you have exposure to mold in the environment, dorm room, old house. You could now clean that environment up, either move or remediate. And essentially, you could
0: still have mold being produced by your gut. Is that correct? Heck yeah. And if your mother had it, she could have given it to you through breast milk if you were breastfed. We know mycotoxins easily and readily cross the placenta as well. Right. This is why we've seen one year old babies that are off the chart for mold toxicity. These are the kids that have allergies, they have food sensitivities, they go to the pediatrician, they have no suggestions but to put the kid on maybe some steroid cream for the skin issue, the skin eruption
1: and we deal with mold. So, we have molds like Aspergillus or Fusarium. And don't get me wrong, mold could be a antagonist of your immune system and create immune stress, but most of the time it's going to be the
0: off-gassing or the flatulence of the mold called mycotoxins. Is that correct? Yeah, mycotoxins are tiny. They're 50 times smaller than a mold spore. So, for example, if you had Let's say you had some trim around your windows that wasn't very good, and you had storms blowing rain in. You've got water running down your window trim, and then boom, behind your drywall, you've got an issue there. That alone, those mycotoxins are so tiny, they can readily penetrate out into your breathable air. You're having insomnia at night. You don't know why. It's from these mycotoxins.
1: Yeah, when I look at mycotoxins, the first thing I I try to look at is one, We'll run an O test and we'll see, is there colonized mold there? That's number one. Number two is we'll kind of look at the house. Is there an issue with mold being in the house? Is there an active mold exposure? Yes or no? I find active mold exposures are obviously going to cause more problems. Usually once you're away from that environment, you're not getting exposed daily. Usually problems tend to get better. So if you go away for a week or two, you come back and you notice symptoms flipping on or off like a light switch, that can be a big concern. So we'll always do some kind of a, a mold test in the house. I know we talked about it. I'm doing a lot of the mold plate type of test, the, the petri dish type of agar plate test. Are you still doing that test yourself? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I love yeah. them. They're cheap. Yeah. They're easy. Cheap. They're a good, good way to prove a skeptic that something yeah. is going on.
1: And you can even do it without sending it to the lab. If you kind of know, you know, how many polka dots there are, if you want to keep it under five and, and you want to just, you know, put it out for an hour or two, close it, wait four days later. And, and if you see that it's only a few dots, that's a pretty good sign that you're, you're in good shape. If you start to see it, you know, four or five or up, then that's something where you want to send it to the lab redo that's it right. and then send it to the lab, right?
0: Yeah. And then mycotoxins, you know, they tear apart the blood brain barrier, they tear apart the gut barrier. So, the connection, you know, you and I have talked about gut health for a decade plus now. And we've seen so many cases of parasites and bacterial overgrowth and candida. And we've really been, in my opinion, just based on the numbers we've done, we've been some of the best functional medicine providers for gut health out there, especially Mm -hmm. producing online content. And now when I look at those cases, I find all these people that have these recurring gut infections over and over and over. A lot of those people had mold underlying and maybe I didn't recognize it or I didn't see it initially. And now I look back or I dig deeper into their case and we find it. So I really think gut issues, can they exist on their own? Yes. But this whole chicken or egg scenario, I think that people probably had an immune hit such as this mold exposure that reduced the immune system enough to allow these opportunistic infections like H. pylori, Clostridia, Klebsiella, Pseudomonas to then move in. So, if you just go to the SIBO guy, you might not fully fix your issues.
1: Yeah. Also, I find too, you have to look at, all right, is there an active issue now in the environment? Yes or no, you have to cross that off. And then, number two, you have to look at, you know, how do your mold levels look from a, a toxic load level? So, we want to look at, Toxic levels in the urine. We want to be able to challenge that. Then we also want to look at the organic acid test to see do we have any colonized mold too. So we want to look at it one, two, three levels deep. Now, when you go to treat, are you just treating the gut and treating the infections, and then hoping as we clear out the gut, clear out the candida, clear out maybe potentially C diff because there's a big association with a lot of these penicillium, aspergillus molds and C diff. When we clear those out, is
0: the goal for you that we're going to knock that colonized mold down? As oh long as yeah, the environment's good. Yeah, for sure. And on the O test, you'll see it too. I mean, you'll see the markers disappear. Now, I always recommend doing the sinus stuff too. I know you've done some great videos on sinus rinses yep. and sinus flushing, so that's a great piece of the puzzle too. Now, the O test doesn't say, "Yeah, you're colonized in the sinuses." It could be up
1: there. I yeah, always assume it. it. I always if there's any breathing issues, right? You can go watch my video on it, but we're going to do a high quality saline RO distilled water. We're going to do the Exclea Rescue which has some biofilm busters. We're going to put a drop or two of Iodine or, you know, a milliliter of of silver because those are also going to bust up biofilms and we're going to flush that cavity out, you know, once or twice, maybe three times a day if it's more acute, if it's more of a sinus infection every hour or two. So, yeah, I I think that's a big thing because talk about marcons or methicillin resistant staph in the nose. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely a thing that's associated with mold issues as well.
0: Now, the cool thing is, so, the gut protocols that you and I create, a lot of times these herbs have synergistic properties to where, yeah, we may be targeting a specific bacteria or a parasite because you have bloating, you have constipation, gas, maybe you have stomach cramping, and— It's cool because you can try to target those specific bugs, and then you knock out some of the colonization as as a side effect. So I haven't had to shift the protocols too much because a lot of the blends that you and I have formulated, we have a multitude of antimicrobial, antifungal, antivirals, kind of all in the same blend. And so it's really exciting when you do a retest of the oat, you can see, hey, look, we cleared the bacteria on the stool, we cleared the parasite, we reduced inflammation, and The fungal colonization and the candida goes away. So there's really not this magic mold protocol, so to speak. It's fixing the other issues as well. And I'm finding that mold is becoming a a more trendy topic. I see so many videos now. And I think the problem with that is because you're going to become so zoomed in on this that now you're going to miss the other stuff that's screwing up your gut, that's screwing up your mood, your energy.
1: Yeah, and also it's a double-edged sword where people come after mold and they they treat it like it's its own entity. The problem is the longer you have mold exposure or mold colonization, that's going to increase the chance that your gut is permeable. So now you have leaky gut. So now that increases the chance of food allergens and gut inflammation due to healthy foods coming in. Now that because of the gut inflammation, you're lowering your enzymes, you're lowering your acids, you're lowering your bile salt. So now it's harder for you to digest food. <clears throat> so now you're having more digestive issues. Maybe you have gastroparesis, maybe you have SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth or CFO, small intestinal fungal overgrowth as well. So these issues kind of compound. And so now you go see the mold doctor, you can go address the mold in your environment. You can do a fancy detox protocol for mold. But now other issues have to be addressed together. And that's where it gets really dicey because you can see the fancy line person, but now other systems are broken around it and you have to prioritize a plan to fix everything else at the same time.
0: Yeah, well, it's hard. It's hard for us because- you know, we have to keyword Mm -hmm. and we SEO certain content. And so people may get labeled as a certain expert, but what we want you to know, uh, Dr. J and I, we have the broad spectrum functional medicine knowledge that you really need. It's just, it's a sexier thing for people to sell you on their niche, right? They're like the mold girl, the thyroid girl. Like it's really easy and sexy. And you kind of have to do that to really like find your audience, so to speak. But you're right. There is a collateral damage that's happened now where maybe now you've developed Hashimoto's as well because your gut has been so screwed up. You've had this bacterial autoimmune attack now on the the thyroid or even on the brain or on the joints. So now you have RA just detoxing. This stuff will not fix your joints. Now we have to implement other strategies. So what we're saying is this is an important piece. We have to try and connect the dots, but we also have to make sure that we're not just using a super, super fine magnifying glass. We've got to be able to zoom out a little.
1: Exactly. I mean, it's been observed that people with certain fungal species or mold species have a decrease in beneficial probiotic bacteria in the gut. And so this plays a big role. So now people are being more open to dysbiosis and clostridium C. diff. Now the chance of digestive issues, bloating, gas, diarrhea, especially, it now goes up. I think this is part of the reason why you'll see some studies showing that probiotics, taking probiotics can help your body deal with Or neutralize some of the negative consequences of of mold exposure. I think part of that is is because the mold is impacting the gut so negatively that adding in some of the probiotics, I think, is maybe holding some of the negative effects of mold on your gut at bay a little bit.
0: Yeah, I think it's that. It's pro. It's helping glucuronidation, which is important to help get mold out. It's. I I saw a couple papers saying that the probiotics. System too. I saw a couple papers saying the probiotics are actually helping convert the mold into something less toxic, so it may actually kind of degranulate, if you will, or kind of transfer the mold into a different toxin that's less toxic, and then also, you know, the histamine component is huge too, so for folks listening that have histamine intolerance, that could not just be food sensitivities, that could be reactions to chemicals. I mean, my chemical sensitivity, it wrecked me. I'm better now, but it's— it's been hell to go through that level of sensitivity, and it all ramped up after exposure and tick bites at the same time, so— and once again, it gets tricky you know, case by case, but it is true that when you have that shift in the gut because of the exposure, now you're— you're likely dealing with more histamine-producing bacteria, and then when you're losing your good guys, some of those good guys help you to regulate histamine in the gut. So, the problem is people will go on, like, strict carnivore diet, but that's not necessarily fixing what's happening in the gut bacteria, and there's a lot of people out there now that I've seen, they've followed the carnivore gurus, and they're still suffering— and we look at their gut and it's a mess. And you cannot also eat too, your way out of it.
1: Yeah. And also the problem with carnivore, it's still, a, it, it can be a good diet. I mean, most of these diets are going to be for a season for a reason. So there's a periodization plan with it. Some people, you see it a lot in the vegan community. They do really great in a vegan diet and then they stay there. And then now nutritional deficiencies compound. They're getting four to 500 grams of carbohydrate a day to get their, you know, half a gram per pound of body weight of protein. And that's, that can be an issue for some. So especially in regards to carnivore diet, you know, if you're getting most of your calories from fat and protein, well, if you have any deficiencies in hydrochloric acid, or enzymes or bile salts, you're going to have big problems. You're going to have a lot of issues. Plus, sometimes the electrolytes can get thrown off. Again, you can combine that with some, you know, electrolyte formulas or bone broth and you can mitigate some of that, but a lot of times it's not. Um, I wanted to highlight one thing. So with mold testing, I think a big issue too is people do a lot of mold testing, especially with urine and they're, they're not challenging the mold coming out of their system and the problem with a lot of people that have mold issues is they can't eliminate and part of elimination is via their urine so some of the testing say don't use glutathione don't use detoxification support what well, we don't want to do binders because binders will pull it out in the stool and if you're collecting urine you won't see the mycotoxins or the fungal toxins do you still agree that you're using some kind of a a purge or detoxification support when you're collecting a urine mycotoxin test to see the full mycotoxin levels in there?
0: Yeah, I mean we stopped with the glutathione. We were really pushing that hard for a while. And then I believe it changes something with the mitochondrial markers. So I think we decided, no, maybe not. But I try to push a hot bath, a sauna, exercise, something. NAC,
1: right? NAC. Yeah.
0: yeah any any kind of provoking agent like NAC or maybe even like chlorella to move things. I don't know. But the problem is if someone has brought a test to us. Sometimes they're they're like offended if I want to go there. It's like, "Well, so and so tested me 3 years ago, nothing showed up." It's like, "Yeah, but e- yeah. you were sick as hell back then. My first initial mycotoxin profile, my ochratoxin was a 12, which was high but not off the chart. And then when I retested 6 months later after trying really hard to get better, my go levels higher, went right? from a 12 to a 196."
1: Yeah, it can go higher. And also, yeah. too, if you're just doing glutathione, newsflash, glutathione does not cross the blood-brain barrier, right? So that may help with with levels in the body, but if there's stuff in the brain, that could be a problem. And you're going to need things that help cross the blood brain barrier as well.
0: And yeah, like, you—, you, know, you so- sound- Sauna's
1: a good option too. I, I like sauna because it, it is more gentle, and um, you could push it out via your
0: skin too. There, there was one paper you're mentioning before we hit record. It was saying that the trichothecene group of mycotoxins was accumulating yes. in the prefrontal cortex. Yes. So that's pretty nuts because you think about the decision making, you know. And I find most people today, especially people over age 40, they have a lot of issues with making decisions, whether that's relationship decisions, financial decisions, what to do with their house, what to do with their aging parents. You know, I find a lot of people are in analysis paralysis, and it would make sense that not only the Uh, family that you're talking about, but also ocrotoxin we know directly affects dopamine, which you need for drive, focus, concentration, motivation. So I find that we're in a pretty apathetic society that's having trouble making decisions and we could directly correlate that to the brain chemistry that's affected because of the gut and because of the toxicity.
1: Yeah, the black mold, the 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 stachybotrys black mold produces mycotoxins like the trichothecenes which accumulate like you mentioned prefrontal cortex that that's the reward center, that's the dopamine center, and then also um the effects of mold, people exposed to ocrotoxin. Ocrotoxin A can come from penicillin or aspergillus and these can create other nervous system issues, whether it's Alzheimer's or different neurological degeneration and so it's a big deal. People want to keep their brains healthy. It's to really, and then almost this is going to also cause inflammation in the brain, and this is going to impact GABA, which is the neurotransmitter that hits the brake. It helps you relax, helps you chill. Dopamine—that's the I love you neurotransmitter. It's the focus neurotransmitter. Same with serotonin. They're connected. Epinephrine, right? And then obviously you can increase glutamate, which can go up when there's a lot of inflammation, can overstimulate the brain. And these are people that get seizures or anxiety or uh, insomnia, right? Their brain's overstimulated. And so, yeah, it's really important that when you look at a patient coming in, I never want to just say, oh, you're just the mold person. It's like, no, no, no. Mold may be like if we assign here's 100% of what's going on, maybe mold's 25 or 30%. But then there's some gut issues. That's another 30%. Maybe there's some nutrients that's 10 or 20. Maybe there's some adrenal hormone stuff that's 10 or 20. So you have to look at the whole pie and don't go all in on one thing being it. It may be the majority but you have to fix everything else along with it in a periodized manner to get optimal
0: results. That's right. That's right. I mean, we didn't even hit the mitochondrial piece so the people that are struggling with chronic fatigue, they can't exercise. Those people likely have mitochondrial issues. We'll find that on the oat test. So your New Year's resolution in my opinion, if you want me to tell you what to do, get an organic acids test. There's so much data from that. If I was on a desert island, I could only pick one test, I'd probably choose the oat.
1: We'll put the links down below for the oat test if you guys want to Find a place to to support that. They'll be right down below in the description. So feel free and see that. Also too, I mean, it's a big deal. People get very overwhelmed. Like, okay, I have mold in my house. What do I do? They call a mold remediator. It's like tens of thousands of dollars. They get overwhelmed. Should I move? What should I do? I mean, this isn't going to be the podcast for that. But just to kind of be very simple, you've had issues. I've had issues. We've been able to remediate in a very conservative way, test in a conservative way, not too expensive, try to get to the root cause of what's happening. To the best of our ability. Any just brief kind of overview on that?
0: Yeah, well, there's things you can do on your own at home. I mean, there's candles that we have that you can burn, there's misting and fogging solutions that can help, yeah. there's hydrogen peroxide that can help, there's removing the damaged materials that can help. So I, I used to be overwhelmed with this subject because it did seem very daunting. But the more I deal with this and the more I coach people through this, I'm really not intimidated by it anymore. Like we had. Right. We had an issue in, in the attic. I mean, we had a, a brand new air conditioning system up there and there was an issue with some sort of airflow to where there was humidity building up in the system and it dripped down through the ceiling. And I was like, oh my God, here's a puddle on the floor. Here we go again with mold. You know, this stuff is haunting me. And, and so I, I talked to JW and he's like, well, just swab it before you go cutting stuff. Just dry it out as quick as you can and swab it. I'm like, okay, so we swab it. We send it off to the lab, nothing. So we caught it and dried it so quick that it stained the ceiling, but luckily there was no mold growth. And so now we just paint over it and we get to move on. But in a lot of cases, you you get so paralyzed by the fear of all this that you do nothing. And so I've, I've worked through that and I help people work through that because, as you said, people get overwhelmed and then they, they freak out. It's like, I don't have 20 grand. It's like, well, you don't need 20 grand. It literally cost me the cost of a Q-tip. And whatever it was, 20, 30 bucks to sample that Q-tip and a fan to dry out what happened. I just caught it quick. Now, if it's a long-term issue, it's harder and more expensive. Yeah, I think,
1: you know, you have your, your acute issues, which are going to happen from a pipe bursting, uh, a foundation being leaky and letting a lot of water in or a leaky roof. So I think it's good to have, get your roof looked at once a year, Get, get your HVACs looked at once a year, make sure everything is draining well. Um, take a look, make sure your foundation's doing good, right? Make sure those kind of things. So those are going to let more water come in. The faster water comes in, the greater likelihood of mold and the mycotoxins. Now, most people, it's going to be more of a environmental issue where they just have chronically high humidity in their house and mold needs three things to grow. It needs air. That's mostly a given unless it's in some kind of a container that's closed off. It needs carbohydrate. Carbohydrates need to come from either wood, drywall, or dust and it needs oxygen. And so filter out the air as well. So if you can mitigate the moisture that's decreasing the water and if you can decrease the carbohydrate in a chronic setting that's going to be dust particles and that's going to help most of your issues and that may involve a high quality hepa filter with a voc filter that may involve having good hvac make sure your hvac's working well and draining as well as a either a dehumidifier attached to your hvac or an additional dehumidifier in the space to keep that chronically below 50 percent ideally put it in the mid 40s that's going to be a good place to keep your humidity low so any moisture that comes in the environment is go- goes in the air and is uh, not staying on surfaces and not going to interact with the dust as much
0: yeah and just easy stuff like have your vent fan on when you're taking a hot steamy shower i mean if you're if your shower mirror is steamed up by the time you get out of the shower you probably either had it on too long too hot or you did not have enough ventilation. So yep. like I could take a hot shower, it's not super hot because that aggravates histamine for some people. For me if it's like a boiling shower that's going to aggravate the mast cells. So, you know, I, I don't recommend like boiling showers. I know my wife gets it hotter than me. I'm like, "Honey, that's freaking hot." I try to go in after. It's like, "Good yeah. lord, you're crazy." Yeah. So, so so there's the temperature piece, but then if we have adequate ventilation, If I get out of the shower, there's no steam on the mirror. And I've, I've experimented. I'm like, okay, let me try no ventilation. Let me just not put the exhaust fan on. Boom. You got steam. So that's, that's- Or or,
1: or at least get, or at least get a dehumidifier with a trigger. Like, you know, set it for 45%. It goes above 45%. It automatically goes on. I played around with it where if I don't put ventilation on and then put the dehumidifier on, it'll stay on for like an hour. It'll pull out like a pint of water. I know it's you know, nuts. Pine, how much? A pint of water, out. but then everything's gone in an hour because it's it's really the moisture staying there for days on end. And so as long as you can soak it up in an hour or two, or you know after a shower, if you have a de dehumidifier, you should pull it out pretty fast, right? But as long as you're able to pull it out pretty fast and it's not lingering and it's not chronic, you're going to be in a pretty good place for sure. So That's get right. a, a simple dehumidifier that holds a gallon or two with a, a setting where it's automatically triggered. You know, set it for forty-five percent or forty percent that goes above that automatically on and then it goes off automatically that's a great way to keep you know that good if you have ventilation that's even ideal you may want to do both i do both that's a great way to
0: keep it in check yep so so in summary if you have gut issues consider looking into this if you have sleep issues frequent urination blood pressure issues vision problems anxiety depression irritability anger rage infertility PMS, menopausal symptoms, hot flashes, shortness of breath, cold hands, cold feet, dizziness, which was my big one, even full-blown vertigo. You have issues in cars. You have issues on boats. You you have car sickness. You have histamine intolerance, food sensitivity, skin rashes, flushing, uh, sinus issues. I mean, those are just some off the top yeah. of my head. This all could be linked to this constellation of issues, the toxin affecting the gut, the gut affecting the brain. 100%. Oh, last and thing hormones. I wanted to- I'm sorry. I'm sorry to hormones. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Anytime you have chronic stress, chronic inflammation, that's going to impact progesterone. And that's going to potentially pull progesterone to go downstream to cortisol, the deal with stress and inflammation. And if you're a a female, especially cycling, that can cause estrogen dominance. If you're a female, perimetopausal, menopausal, that could potentially throw off the hormones more and increase hot flashes. Especially mold toxins tend to be estrogenic too.
0: Right? Yeah. I mean, man. So, so, so men, you're having issues with erections, low libido, or your wife, low libido, this is definitely connected to it. Also, because of the issue with blood flow, that's why vasodilators work, because when you have toxicity like this, it affects nitric oxide synthase. You could just put in Google PubMed, mycotoxin, nitric oxide, and you'll read about this, but it creates this issue with blood flow, and that's also gonna be where your brain fog is coming from too, because now you have issues with the microcirculation in the brain. So we may use specific nutrients to help your brain work better. We may use specific nutrients to fix the gut bacteria, nutrients to support and stabilize hormones. Fixing nutrient deficiencies, restoring proper acid and enzyme levels, restoring good microbes in the gut, detoxing and removing the toxins, helping out the kidneys, helping out the liver. And so, we orchestrate this beautifully. We've done it thousands of times. So... If you need help, you want help through all this stuff. If these symptoms resonate with you, then don't hesitate. Reach out. Let's get some labs run. You're not going to spend a ton of money. It's less than uh, an iPhone to get an organic acids test, and it'll provide more information than the last 20 doctors you've seen have
1: given you hundred percent. That makes a lot of sense. And just one thing to highlight too about the environmental stuff is if you have a finished or unfinished basement, you need some kind of a dehumidifier plugged in that's working continuously. It may not be on, you may set it for 40 or 45% and have it continuously drain once it gets below that, but you need something down there because another big exposure is basements where there's a concrete foundation and you're around dirt, you're going to pull moisture from the dirt through the concrete slabs, into the basement. So, I mean, if you can dry lock and put some kind of a seal on the concrete foundation inside, outside, that's, that's best. If you can't do that, then just get a dehumidifier going. So it's always keeping that moisture down in the forties. Again, you know, the best thing about dealing with people like Evan and I, we've been in the trenches. We know how to look at the environmental impact with your home, as well as yourself, your body, and, and how to periodize that with all the other systems. So that's really good.
0: Yeah, well said. And you know, a lot of times you're going to have maybe your furnace unit or something in the basement, anywhere th- where there's already a drain to where you could just have a dehumidifier constantly uh, draining itself. So if you're like arguing, you know, with your spouse, well, it's your turn to to dump the water out of the dehumidifier. Well, I'm not going in the basement. If that thing's full, it's going to probably turn itself off, and then you've wasted your time. So you want one that's going to continuously drain. So hopefully, you've got a drain down there, and that thing can just run into a sink or whatever.
1: But I'll tell you, my challenge this last summer, I have an April Air whole house dehumidifier in my basement. And when it was in the mid-90s and humid, you know, July, August, even to September, I couldn't get the humidity levels below 55%. I had That's a hard okay, time. Bro. And so I got an additional dehumidifier. I got the Medea cube, mm-hmm. put, the tu- put the tube in the back. And what I figured was, oh, I have storage room in my basement. that There's storage, but guess what? There's no ventilation in the storage, so the dehumidifier yeah. can't grab that. So I'm going to put a you know, dehumidifier with a drain tube. So it continuously drains. That's ideal. Almost all basements are going to have some kind of a drain. So get one that continuously drains, put that in there. And then I was able to knock it down in the mid to low forties. That was it. So you may need a dehumidifier on top of your whole house as well. Just keep that in the back of your mind too. That's yeah. why get a, get, get a $10 humidity meter, put it in each floor of the house, and it'll tell you exactly where you're at humidity wise. Or if you have a Nest thermostat, it'll tell you each thermostat, each at
0: ventilation level where your humidity is at. Yeah, you know what's funny is I posted a video on my Instagram about a hygrometer. I'm like, hey, this $10 tool could save your health. And Good. it did like over a hundred thousand views overnight. So like you could prep for all these amazing videos on mold and then you do something stupid easy on a hygrometer yeah. and you get a hundred thousand views. It's yeah. funny what what clicks with people and what just doesn't. Oh yeah. Also, we spilled some water on our floor, a uh, little bit of water on the
1: floor, and we like wiped it up, put the fan on it for the day. I had my a handy-dandy moisture meter, which everyone should have, put it on there, it was still 20%. And I'm like, wait a minute, it's got to get below 15 So we just put a dehumidifier right in that area and put a fan on it. It needed to be on there for three more days to knock it down.
0: That's crazy. And it? so,
1: you know, the average person will be like, oh, feels good to me. I think it's okay. But no, in the pores of the wood, it was still not enough. And so you want to keep your woods from rotting out and discoloring. You, you know, if, this, if a spill happens, you want a topical moisture meter as well as an air humidity meter. It's good to have two in the house.
0: Yeah, let let us know in the comments or reach out to us and let us know if you want to hear more like building environmental stuff. We could do a yeah, whole let us know. episode on that.
1: Yeah, it's important because most people, if they have a mold issue and they're still living in this crappy environment, what do you do? And then that becomes a whole source of stress and then that's beating up the adrenals because you're like, oh man, I don't have $30,000 for a mold remediation. What do I do? So- yep
0: good yeah we got and we got there resources are, there are things we could do to stabilize hormones we could try to support detox pathways etc we could try to keep you somewhat stable in that environment so it's not yes. a make it or break it but in terms of you making a full recovery while still getting exposed it's going to be tough
1: yeah and i'll put some of the links down for the products that i personally have dehumidifier wise whole house as well as the uh, internal ones and um some of the moisture like meters and things like that. I'll put some of that on there. So I know you'll have some links to some of your favorite products. So we'll just look down below, try to do a pink comment for you guys too. And then we'll put some, uh, videos maybe in the top left. There's some other mold interviews that we've done, uh, to provide additional
0: resources on this topic. Awesome. If you want one-on-one help with this, we're happy to. We work worldwide with people doing functional medicine consultations and lab testing, advanced protocols. This is all at Dr. J's website, which is justinhealth.com. And my site, evanbrand.com. You can reach us directly and we'll be happy to help. So don't give up. It could be a little daunting, but we'll help you kind of walk through step one, step two, step three, and walk you back to health.
1: Absolutely. evanbrand.com, justinhealth.com. Link right below. There'll be a link for you guys to reach out and get more support. You guys have an awesome new year. Take
0: care, y'all. Take it easy. Bye. All right. I hope you enjoyed that episode. As I mentioned in the beginning, look out for the link in your podcast show notes. Or just on my website, evanbrand.com, you'll see a link where you can get access to enrolling into the Long Haul Warriors program. We're going to have a little wait list enrollment box there for you. Or if you're listening to this in the future, the course is likely already open to where you can get into the program right away. But this is a course to help you with chronic fatigue, depression, anxiety, shortness of breath, any sort of long haul issue you've experienced from the infection or the injection, which I think truthfully, me personally, I've probably had the virus maybe three or four different times. And then also you'll get access to an exclusive interview that you literally cannot find anywhere else with Dr. Pierre Corey, who's a medical doctor who's been a big part of what's called the FLCCC, the frontline COVID critical care group, including Dr. Paul Merrick. These are some of the world's best. ICU, lung doctors, and many other specialties. These guys have taken lots of the clinical pearls that we talk about and implemented that into the critical care setting, meaning someone in an ICU, someone in a life or death situation. So you'll get access to that exclusive interview inside the Long Haul Warriors program. And we'll be doing a very low price, lowest price we could possibly offer for enrollment into this to get as many people in there as possible so we can help put a dent in the world and improve the health of everyone. In fact, I just saw a paper that I had. I'm going to pull it up now because I had it on my phone. And this is a paper that said 50% of people that have had COVID in Africa, half of those COVID survivors have long haul. So this was published in Scientific Reports. This involved 25 observational studies and 50% of those people that had COVID now have long haul. What does that mean? Well, that means these are people that never fully recovered, and that, of course, affects everything. It affects the economy, productivity, workers being able to do their job because they're disabled, they're too fatigued, et cetera. This is a huge problem, so we got to start working on this now and use functional medicine solutions to help dig us out of this worldwide issue. I foresee new issues popping up, new things we're going to be exposed to in the next five to 10 years. So it's important to prepare your minds, your bodies, your souls, your spirits, your mitochondria, your gut, your brain. Now get all this stuff optimized so that we can survive what's already hit us and then what could be to come. So check it out. And clinically one-on-one consultations are available. You could book a 15 minute free call at my site, evanbrand.com. I can chat with you about your symptoms and we'll see if I can help.